All right, if you would take your Bibles and turn to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we continue on our journey through the book of 1 Thessalonians, and if you would turn 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, put your finger on verse 12, on verse 12. It's going to be on page 1,358 in the Pew Bible. This week, I looked up the word recognition, recognition, and I got four different definitions of the word recognition. The identification of someone or something from previous encounters or knowledge, you recognize somebody. A formal acknowledgement of existence. Now, this could be used in the political world or in the geography world of you know, acknowledging the recognition of a new country or a new government. We, we know what this formal acknowledgement means. Special notice or, atten- or attention is a uh, uh, definition of recognition. And the act of showing appreciation for someone's contributions. We all know this word. Having worked in the corporate world for nearly 25 years before being called into the ministry, I have had to learn about recognition. I have had to help create recognition programs. I have recognized others for their achievements, and I have been the beneficiary of being recognized in days before. There are typical, typically four different ways to recognize people and their contributions. One would be what they call informal recognition. Informal recognition includes every form of appreciation that is not planned in advance by your organization. It could be a message, a gift, a card, a personal thank you, something that occurs spontaneously. Informal recognition. Formal recognition encompasses many forms of recognition that organizations have practiced for decades, whether it be anniversary celebrations, positive reviews, bonuses, or raises. We get this kind of recognition. Social recognition is the third one, providing people with both the means and the motivations to show their appreciation for each other. So social recognition is creating an environment where people have the opportunity and the means to recognize. This culture change is most effective when it is modeled by leadership as it demonstrates the importance of personal recognition. And then there's what many might say could be their favorite, but I think it's actually the least impactful when it comes to recognition in the corporate world. There is the monetary recognition. Nothing says you love me like making my check bigger, right? We get that. But the thing about that money coming is that money comes and that money goes. Those others, I think, tend to have a little bit more value. But I'm here to tell you that recognition is not just a business model to help build success. Recognition is a biblical mandate. I want to share for just a second. Earlier this week, I put out an email to the church talking about some very negative circumstances that have occurred uh, within people that we know, and it's in another state, and it impacts other people in this state. But we, I put that out there, and it was a really hard... Let me tell you what happened. I got a lot of feedback. 
But 75% of all of that feedback, and some of you are in this room, and I appreciate it, you came back and you said to me, they go, Jeff, that letter must have been incredibly hard to write. That letter must have been incredibly, that situation must be incredibly hard to deal with. I just want to take time to tell you I appreciate you standing up front, putting it out there, and being really ready to walk. And what God did in that moment is he took something that was overwhelmingly hard and he helped you encourage me. And that's what recognition does. Recognition is meant to encourage one another. Recognition has a tremendous impact if it is sincere, if it is personal, and if it is shared. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me. We're going to read from in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I know in your bulletin and on the prayer list, it said that we were going to read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 to 15, but that's different now. We're only going to read verses 12 and 13. Um, the screen will be correct, but let's read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 and 13 says this, And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Thank you. You may be seated. We're just talking about a couple of verses today. Verse 12 starts with Paul says, we urge you. Now, urging, this is one of Paul's favorite words, not just in 1 Thessalonians, but he urges us in other places where he writes. But we were last urged by Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1, where he said this, we urge you and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more. Urge. I went back and I pulled the exact same definition I shared with you on that week. Urge means to try earnestly or persistently to persuade someone to do something. So in today's scripture, Paul is seeking to get us to do something specific. Now it goes on in verse 12, he says, we urge you, brethren. Paul invokes the Jesus relationship word. He is talking to a group of people that he is assuming are united by that singular thread of the blood of Jesus that they have come to in faith. And it is my prayer that that is what unites you and me today. Our faith and trust in Jesus as our Savior. The gospel that Jesus was born, lived a perfect life, died a sacrificial death, shed his blood for our sins, was buried, on the, was buried, was arose on the third day, and now ascends at the Father, having promised to come back to get us. The gospel. I pray that you know that. And if you know Jesus as your Savior, then Paul is talking to you. And Paul is talking to me. Now, I want to step just for a second. If today you don't yet know Jesus as your Savior, whether you are online, on the phone, or in this room, I want to tell you that that is the singular most important decision and opportunity you will ever have. And I'm going to pray today that through the rest of this service, that the Holy Spirit and the Word of God continue to draw you and move and work in your life. Because the, most, the, the greatest thing we can ever do 
in a church is to help people come to know Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right. So Paul says that we urge you, brethren, he's invoked the Jesus word. Do you know that we are related to each other? Now, I have long been very careful in Bedford County because I have learned the more people I get to know, there are actually only five families in Bedford County. And I never know which family I'm speaking to, but I always assume that I'm speaking to somebody who's related to somebody who's related to somebody that I know, and I'm always careful. But I don't talk about being family in the small city kind of way. I'm talking about, as Paul's talking about, that we are related to each other, bound and sewn together by the love of God and the blood of Jesus. Our faith links us eternally to one another. And if you look to your right or you look to your left or you look forward or you look backwards and you see people who know Jesus, they're part of your family. And we have to recognize that. And that's what Paul is saying. And, and as I wrote this and as I was reading about how we are all brothers and sisters in Christ linked by Jesus, how we are family, I couldn't help it because of my age. I went back to 1979 Sister Sledge, the Pittsburgh Pirates theme song for their world championship baseball winning that year. You guys are all getting ready to go with me, right? You guys know the song, We Are Family? You're going to be singing it all day. Now, I stopped short. I came really close, Zach, to having you. Because, you know, after service, the music kicks back on, and we have speakers all throughout the exit doors. And I started to ask you to queue up We Are Family right after the service ends, right after the deacon says, amen, we are family kicks on. That song, I listened to the whole album. I've been listening to it. It's still running through my head right now. It's running through yours too. But we are family. One of my greatest joys is being called by God to be a part of this family. This family at First Baptist, I have been a part of this family. I've been a part of the eternal heavenly family since 1976. But Angela and I have been a part of this family since 1997, 25 years. And I am so glad. And Paul goes on and he says in verse 12, we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you. Have you ever been recognized? Formally, informally, socially, or monetarily? Have you ever been singled out because of your accomplishments, your efforts, your contributions? Think back to that moment. How'd that make you feel? I know that it made me feel great. It made me more committed, more empowered, more ready to take the next step to do more. Recognition is a powerful tool. Paul calls out, he said, we need to recognize those who labor among you. You know the word for labor? Another word is work. We are called to recognize people because of their work for the kingdom. Zach, would you stand up, please? 
Tech, I love you. You are a fellow partner in the gospel. You serve this church well because you seek the Lord faithfully. You work hard. You lead us to worship, not just in song, but in example. I pray the Lord will allow me to serve with you all the days of my ministry. Kenny Jameson's probably listening to us on his phone in his car right now. So Kenny, don't stand up. <laughs> but you guys know where Kenny sits. I think we may have left his pew open right there just because he sits there. But I want you to think about Kenny for just a second. He's on vacation. He's listening to us right now. And if he's not right now, he'll be listening to this very soon. Kenny, I love you. You are a faithful servant of God, willing to do, by my count, anything for anybody. You are the longest tenured staff member that we have. And you are the youngest, old youth pastor I've ever known. <laughs> you love our students. Our church is blessed to have you. We are connected because God Paul called both of us to serve him later in our ministry lives. And I'm glad we serve together. Kenny, you are a good friend. He's listening to you. There you go. Now, you know where Missy is, right? She and about 50 of her closest friends are all upstairs in children's church. Missy Long, I love you. Missy's love for children is only surpassed by her love for Jesus your faithfulness to all children, your compassion and your tireless work ethic on their behalf is seen by many, but primarily by God. You are a faithful partner in the gospel that I trust fully. May we see the next generation of children come to know Jesus together. Amen. That's right. I'm thankful for the support personnel that God has surrounded us with, me with in this church. People like Katie Smith and Sarah Olson and Laura Pruitt and David Roberts and Leslie Warren. They all play extremely important roles in the ongoing functioning of our building, of our office, and of our ministries. Without them, Zach, Kenny, Missy, and I would be less effective. You may not see them regularly or you may not even know them at all, but they are part of the larger ministry team. You would notice if they stopped being those partners. I can assure you of that. Thank you. I love you all. If you teach a Sunday school class, substitute teaching a Sunday school class, lead a Bible study of any age, children, youth, or adults, I'm going to ask you to stand up, please. Come on, I know you're out there. Don't make me single you out. Wives, too. All right. Thank you for your most important of services. Your efforts, your extra study, your shepherding of your small group is extremely valuable. You have taken on the vital work of teaching God's perfect 
word. In the face of what scripture teaches, as we may receive double judgment, you are vital to the foundation of this church, but more importantly, to the growth of its members. Thank you. I love you. If you serve in or on one of our worship care teams, you're going, if you serve in the nursery on a rotation on Sundays or Wednesdays, I'm going to ask you to stand up, please. I know there's not many of you, but there's a bunch. Let's come up. If you work in the nursery in any way, shape, or form, I just want to note that some people are standing for at least the second time. I just want to encourage them. But thank you for your service, for your sacrifice to miss service once every few weeks in order that young parents can worship and be challenged by God's Word. Your work is part of the fabric of a growing and healthy group of families within our church. The love you show children that are not your own is humbling and reflects the love and value Jesus places on children. I love you. And church, let me mention, there's a group working right now that haven't heard this yet, my wife included, and so you'll want to catch up with them later, but thank you. Now, I don't ever want to miss an opportunity as your pastor to remind you that worship care is a uh, family responsibility. Each member of this family of believers is encouraged to take a part. Do you know that if we all took a turn in nursery, that we would easily not have to keep nursery more than twice a year if everybody took a turn? I want to encourage you, church. We are family. You can contact Missy or you can contact me if you want to join in nursery care. All right, if you serve as a greeter, an usher, or someone who works within the Welcome Center environment, would you please stand up? Church, I want to make sure you take time to look around when we do this, okay? Uh, First Baptist is considered... What many have said, the most friendly church people have encountered, and that is true because of you. You make people feel welcome and at home every step from the door to the pew and from the pew to the door. You know no strangers, and you treat people with love and respect. You are helpful. Your smiles reflect Jesus. Thank you. I love you. All right, if you're part of our worship team or our choir, I would encourage you to please stand. There should be a few of you. I'll give you a moment to everybody get up. You lead us faithfully before a most worthy and deserving Heavenly Father. You practice at home before and after service, your example of joyful worship. You teach and challenge us each week. You have a gift 
Thank you for being willing to use it for the Lord's glory and our benefit. Thank you. I love you. Now, Zach would shoot me if I didn't use this as an opportunity to let you know the choir meets Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We don't have enough people. We got a fall praise coming up. We got a Christmas event coming up. And if you've got that desire, 7 p.m. Wednesday is your opportunity to jump in. If you serve on our technical teams or our media teams, please stand. Now, some are on camera right now or in the media room right now. You get to see these pictures. You get to see all those lyrics because they serve. Without you, media team, nothing is seen or heard as well. You are a vital part of everything that we do and typically one of the most unsung and unremembered groups. We thank you. Your talents are pleasing to God. Your service is not hidden. Everyone online or on the phone, every service also benefits from your efforts. And I see you. And God knows your efforts. Thank you. I love you. <laughs> Zach would shoot me <laughs> if I didn't tell you that our media team is fantastic, but it's not full. If you're interested in doing something like that, see Zach. He'd love to help you get plugged in. All right, this next group is a small group, but an important group. If you drive our vans to help people get to church, would you stand up, please? There are a couple here, and we have a couple more. You help people get to church that otherwise would not get to be here. You are like Andrew, who upon learning of Jesus, went and brought his brother Peter to Jesus. You start before everybody else, and you're one of the last to leave the parking lot. What you do is important and loving and sacrificial. Thank you. I love you. Now, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this next one, but I'm going to say it anyway. If you serve on one of our security teams, and I know that there are some on duty right now, but if you serve on one of our security teams, would you stand up, please? Church, these men and others, we have a number that aren't in this room right now. They have your back, figuratively and literally. They stand as a watchman between you and the world during our services. They effectively handle any issue I have ever heard that we've encountered. They sacrifice regular Bible study and service attendance on their terms so that you can both feel safe and be safe. Men, thank you. I love you. Did you know that we have medical volunteers every time we're together? If you've made yourself known and are available to assist people with medical needs while on our campus, would you please stand? 
There are others. Thank you for always being on duty. Our church is blessed to have knowledgeable and faithful caregivers in case of emergency. You're swift to act and able to help. While we never want something to occur in our services, aren't you glad that they're here just in case? Thank you. I love you. Church, just in case you've forgotten, we are a Baptist church, which means that we run and thrive on committee. If you are part of any committee that serves here at First Baptist Church, would you stand up, please? The efforts of these people are varied but vital. Each committee serves a great role in the ongoing flow of the church from missions to baptism to stewardship to personnel to missions, the Lord's Supper, and many other committees. They simply get things done. Thank you for your service. This church thrives because of you. Thank you. I love you. Now, the nominating committee would shoot me if I didn't tell you that between now and October 1st, one-third of our committee members roll off, one-third need to roll back on. And I pray that you might find yourself willing, if asked, to serve. Some of my favorite people in the whole wide world, if you are a deacon here at First Baptist Church, active or inactive, would you please stand? And men, if your wife is with you, I would ask her to stand as well. I've never met a good deacon that didn't have a better wife. Church, these men and their very capable wives are both servants of the church and guardians of the faith. They are great leaders that you have chosen, that I value. They serve the Lord and you well. You can turn to them for all things. I count them as gospel partners. Men and wives, thank you for your service to this church. I love you. If you serve in Good News Club, Man of Missions food giveaways, if you've gone to put Bibles together at Bible and Literature Missionary Foundation, I ask you to stand up. Listen, a lot of you guys have given some food away. Come on. There you go. There you go. Keep coming. I know there's more of you. You are the hands and feet of Jesus within this community. You meet needs. You share the gospel. You help get people the Bible in their own language. You are obedient servants who have followed the direction of Jesus to serve others. You are an example to us all. Thank you. I love you.
Now, I know that it is highly possible, even though I don't currently know what it is, that I have forgotten a group. I don't know. I've written it down and I've gone over it. And please do not take my failure to recognize something that I'm failing to remember as anything but me just failing to remember, not me failing to be thankful. I know there are others who serve in ways that I've not specifically mentioned this morning. Thank you for what you do. And Paul says in verse 12, remember that? I urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you. Look at what verse 13 says, to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. We are called to recognize because of their labor and their work. Note that. And God's word has a few things to encourage us about our work. If you're a note taker, write this down. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 and 24 says this, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Every one of you that serve in one or more ways, you're serving the Lord. And I want to pray that you do it heartily, aggressively, faithfully, all the time. John chapter 6, verse 27, Jesus said, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life. Do you know that we are called as brethren, as family, as children of Christ, to make sure that our labor helps people come to know Jesus? Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or concern, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also the interests of others. Biblically speaking, you can look left, you can look right. You can look forward, you can look backward. You can look this week, you can look next week. But as God joins us together, you're to watch out for each other, care for each other, and raise each other up greater than yourself. That's what service does. Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you, which is another word for urge, I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do you know that serving God in the manifold ways he gives us opportunity to is not just something that you've chosen to do. It's something the scripture says is a reasonable way based upon coming to know Jesus and all of his benefits. It is a reasonable way for you to live your lives. Recognition is a biblical mandate, something required by all of us, but it requires two things. Thing one, it requires people obediently and faithfully serving. Church, if you serve, you know that it is one of the most fulfilling things, not always easy, that you can do in the church. It is also pleasing to the Lord and leads to personal blessings as well. I want to encourage you, every single you, serve the Lord 
freely, openly. Serve sacrificially and faithfully. Serve where you are gifted and also serve where there is need. If each of us serve in at least one way, the church will thrive and no one will ever be overburdened. That's what a family does. Not only does recognition require that people are obediently and faithfully serving, thing two, it requires that we take time to love, notice, and appreciate each other. We are family. And you're going, but I don't want to be family with some of these people. <laughs> Tough. You get to choose in this moment whether you are going to obediently follow Scripture and count each other as family when you know Jesus or whether you're going to continue to fight against God. We are a family. Each member of the family should serve. If today you've not stood up at all, it's okay. Because perhaps you're going, well, that's the first time I've ever been here. I'm glad that you're here. I want you to see that this church serves and recognizes. Secondly, you could be, well, I'm just visiting. I'm checking you guys out. Well, I hope that you now see that we follow God's word that says we serve, we work, and we recognize. Or here's the kicker. You could be going, wow, I had no idea. One, the Bible talked about things like this. I had no idea that so many people did so many things. I need to do my part. Yes, you do. An effective church, everybody serves and everybody recognizes. Today, it might be time for you to say, put me in, coach, wherever you want me. But I do know it's also time for you to recognize people. Not because I think you're not doing a good job, but because we've been reminded in Scripture that this is a biblical mandate. What are you going to feel when somebody walks up to you and shows their appreciation in a way that you're not ready for? It's going to blow you away. And it's also going to cause you to want to serve more. And you're going to give glory to God because he's the one who enabled you to do anything. And you're not doing it for the recognition. You're doing it for his glory. But man, it sure feels good to see recognition. And Paul recognized that. Or today you're going to go, I need to recognize somebody because I know how good that feels to be recognized. I'm going to intentionally begin to look for ways to recognize people in my family. Look at verse 13. It says, And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, 
There's a period, and then Paul makes another sentence. Be at peace among yourselves. What happens in the church of Jesus here at First Baptist? When we serve everybody, when we recognize each other, what happens? We're at peace. We're unified. We are organized. And we are just but touching the potential of what God wants to do and can do in and through his body of believers working and recognizing each other together. Amen? Laboring together, recognizing together, will lead to peace and unity together, will lead to more laboring together, will lead to more recognizing together. You sort of see this, right? God would not let me get away from just exactly what I've said. You're going, Jeff, that's not a typical sermon. Yeah, but it's biblical. And God reminded me this week that his word is perfect and important, all of it. And he put the brakes on me and he said, if you move past here, you will miss what I'm seeking to do. I see you, church, and I love you. If you're not serving yet, you will be soon. If you're serving the God I'm serving, he's not going to let you sit back and ride on the coattails of everybody else. I see you. Church, it ought to take you at least 15 extra seconds to get in your car today because so you're going to stop and want to talk to somebody. Just let me remind you, there are people in the nursery that haven't heard this yet. There are people in children's church haven't heard this yet. There are security people. One of them stuck their nose in. The rest of them hadn't heard this yet. Media team, they heard it. They just haven't been near you yet. Church, recognize each other for your labor and for your work in the Lord. Amen.